0: My name is Crispy and welcome to Saturday at 3, just fucking 1. Um, Rangers are back after what felt like quite a lengthy international break. We've got a new manager and we've got a game to look forward to this weekend. Joining me to go through this is Kenny. Kenny, how you doing, mate?
1: I'm not bad, mate. Hope you're well. Got a fair wee bit to talk about hi. Aye,
0: aye. It's, um, I'm more positive than I probably was the last pod. Uh uh, there's, a lot's been happening uh, over the, the international break. Not not a lot to talk about in terms of the, the, the team, uh, but the club, certainly. Um, I've got a new manager, uh, Philippe Clement, as the 19th permanent Rangers manager in our history. Um, I suppose, before we obviously go on to talking about the Hibs game this weekend, because I don't think there's even at that, there's that much to talk about, um, we, sh- we should really kind of uh, converse about this. So I, I think everybody knew where I was at, uh, who I wanted, um, and uh, it came down to Muscat and Clement in the end, uh, and I have to say, that's absolute credit to Muscat that he actually got himself, and it was basically to the final reckoning, if you will, the, the very last mm-hmm. um, two on the short list, and he can be proud of that, definitely, because... I, I put it on Twitter, Kenny, like there's this stigma with Australians and, and to be fair, it is probably changing now with the success of Posty Cogler in the Premier League. But when it comes to football, Australians always need to work a lot harder um, because they're seen as not being serious players in the game of football, um, rightly or wrongly. And that's how they develop this very kind of tough exterior, tough attitude, um, tough personality. So I think Muscat can be proud if we're just touching that very quickly.
1: Listen, absolutely. Um, I think we've talked privately and I actually said to you at the time that, you know, whether it was Clement or uh, Muscat, I don't think either would have uh, bothered me or concerned me too much. I thought they both looked uh, like proper candidates, actually. Um, And I think Muscat has been done a wee bit of a disservice when people are saying that Clement. Perhaps has uh, a little bit better of a CV, but well, possibly just because it's in Europe. And it can I allude to what you're talking about about Australians having to prove themselves that wee bit more to get anywhere in the game? Uh, because when you look at Muscat's record, you know, both in Australia and Japan, it's very, very good. Um, so, uh, being honest, Chris, it wouldn't have bothered me either way. Uh, delighted with the guy we've got. Um, don't know huge amounts about him, but. I feel a little bit sorry for Muscap in the sense that he has got very, very close, I think. Um, and, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think he should be pretty much proud of himself for getting as far as he did because um, it's a big job and to get noticed in the way he did it says a lot for him, doesn't
0: it? Absolutely, absolutely. And obviously the, the kinda, there's pro, pros and cons. We, we all potential manager. And one of the things that obviously attracted us to Muscat was his style of play, and his personality and obviously um, he knew a bit about the club. Uh, we're a very weird bunch uh, Rangers fans when it comes to outsiders coming into the club, especially in the managerial role. We like, we like our managers to at least know a wee bit about the club, to have been associated with the club in some sort of way, whether it be a fan or a, or a background staff or, or whatever, a player. Um, whereas Clement doesn't fit any of these boxes um at all so I suppose that could be a legitimate worry but I don't think it actually matters Um, I think Rangers now need to uh, maybe not rely on that so much as being a a criteria for for the job I think think we now need the best man for the job um, and that has to go that has to point all things credentials. Uh, what What is the managerial... Uh, what is the manager's credentials before getting the job? What is his track record like? And then, obviously, style of play and how he interacts with the players in terms of man management and stuff. And I don't think it's... Um, I really... I, I don't think it's any uh, exaggeration to state that,
1: that Clement pretty much ticked all the boxes. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Um, and by all accounts, it was fairly unanimous that he was... You know the the board's choice and look, I, I, we don't know. Let's let's not kid ourselves on. I I've, don't know. I can't speak for you and I can't speak for anyone else. But I I don't watch Belgian football. I don't watch a huge amounts of French football either. So being honest, I, I I am a little bit ignorant and a little bit in the dark as to what to expect apart from the the listen to some podcasts. Uh, you know kind of, you know, trying to tell us what he, what to expect to a certain degree. Um, Adam Thornton's been doing a cracking series on Heart in Hand, uh, Scout Report. It's big up to him. It's been a fantastic series on him. If you've not listened to it, do yourself a favour and do that, Chris, because it's very informative, really is. Um but then again, at the same time, just to, to go back to to, to Kevin Muskett very quickly there, I listened to a podcast uh, a week or so ago, um, and it was three young lads, three, three young Rangers fans. And honestly, the the, the nonsense they were spouting about Kevin Muskett really kind of surprised me. So um, that was a bit of an odd one, you know, they were... Think he was some kind of mental case and yeah, apparently he doesn't even raise his voice when he's he, as a manager these days so never mind raising his fe- feet or his fists or anything like that but yeah I, I, I just think that it's it's in with a new, uh, new era Chris and let's hope um, Big Phil starts well tomorrow eh?
0: Absolutely and just on that point uh, you know it would have been easy very easy for me to uh, obviously um, churning out podcast after podcast during the managerial hunt, and then um, playing down Clement and talking up Muscat, and I deliberately never done it because, as you say, Kenny, I I don't know anything about the man. I, I was more informed about Muscat because of the people who I talked to, and I was probably a wee bit more informed than than most in that, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way yeah,
1: No, no, you were absolutely.
0: Just because, obviously, Muscat was my preference and just because I knew quite a bit about Muscat, I was never going to talk ill of Clement because that would be unfair to do because I I just don't know the guy. Um, I don't know what he's like as a manager. I don't know what his style of play was like. Obviously, you see his track record in terms of three Belgian titles. Fantastic. uh, uh, Very, very impressive. Um, But it would have been the easiest thing in the world for me to come on uh, and just podcast for the sake of podcasting mm-hmm. and saying a uh, clement is no real answer blah, blah 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 um unfair uninformed and just uttered bullshit so uh, i just taken an address that. i've seen that as well and i'm no one for kind of having podcast wars but um it, that that was just that was bullshit uh, what, what i seen there um it was ridiculous and i know that um People close to Muscat, uh actually seen it as well, and they were only very happy about it. So
1: yeah, you, you showed me that. But I, listen, I'll tell you something, uh, I, I, and it's no harm to these kids because they're, they're just doing their, their their wee podcast and enjoying it. And, but they, they were utterly ill informed. They, they they didn't have a clue about them, um, and it was just a little bit odd. Uh, I, you know, listening to it, I don't know if you I don't know if you actually listened to it, Chris, but I did. And it was before you. She had shown me uh, some stuff, you know, Um, and it was a little bit odd. I've got to say.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. Um, But on Clement, as I say, I I don't know. um, I don't know enough about him to have ever uh, came to to an opinion, and I'm probably still there. My opinion's getting formed really by listening to him and seeing him in action um, and obviously I've not seen him in action yet in terms of the team but listening to him um, there's been plenty of content since he arrived and I have to say I'm very very impressed. Um, I was downbeat obviously when Musk I look at the job I was a wee bit kind of like my love for Rangers has dwindled quite a bit since the end of Beals' reign and I felt that the, just for a purely selfish point of view, uh, if Muscat came in, I would, that would have really gave me a right shot in the arm in terms of getting myself motivated again to watch Rangers and getting excited. Um and I would say I was probably even more deflated when he didn't get a job um nothing against Clement. And then I started listening to this guy and I thought, what on here, we might have pulled something at the, the bag here. Now I know a ball's not even been kicked. I understand that. I take that point on board. And um, but I'm thinking this is a straight talker. This is a guy who isn't gonna bullshit. This is a this is an intense, demanding individual. You can see he's a serious, serious guy. There's not gonna be any pals to arms on the arms around the the, the players and Molly on them, which they've had, by the way, too much of. This is a guy who's here to get results. This is a guy who's here to win. Um and he'll live and die by that. Uh, he's, doesn't he want to be Andy's pal? doesn't he want to be anybody's pal in the media doesn't want to be the players pal and he's he's very honest to us the fans he said himself Kenny uh, tomorrow might not be good It mm-hmm. will be good but as long as we win and he can look at the bad aspects of the game and we can work on that he did say there will be some good things but he actually has said that he fully expects some bad things to happen tomorrow that type of honesty is the type of honesty we've been craving because the the the, the honesty that, that Bill was giving is was, was lies. Effectively, let's just call it for what it is. It was talking shit, and we were all saying, "Bill, you are talking shit." Do you think we're stupid here? Um, whereas this guy is actually he's a straight shooter, um, and it's been a very very solid start.
1: Very much so, and I'll tell you, I noticed uh, in James Tavernier's uh, press conference today, he's basically been in a few days, and he, Tavernier said that he's raised the standards already. Which is a very telling point um, uh, for for a for a for a captain and a, any player to say, but particularly your captain to, to actually notice and say that the the standards have been raised already uh, behind the scenes is is, is good to hear. Um, I'm like you. I've watched the uh, the initial Rangers TV short uh, interview. I watched his press conference on Tuesday, and then I've watched the press conference again. From today, he is one dominant figure. Uh, he, he looks like a leader. He looks like a gaffer, a boss. Um, as you said, he doesn't look as if he's going to suffer fools, whether that's behind the scenes, you know, at Rangers or players or media. I think he's been very straight up with the media uh, instantly uh, and basically turning and saying, "Well, I'm not telling you if you know you're asking a strange question that you know that <laughs> might." You know, lead to other managers knowing what he's all about, or he's not telling them anything, and he he looks like a. And I don't want to sound like uh, some misogyny. But he looks like a man's man. Do you know what I mean by that? He looks like that kind of straight-talking um, guy that's going to just turn around and say, "This is the way it's getting done. If you don't like it, tough. You'll be out the door." Uh, which is pretty much at this point, Chris, with the last couple of years we've had. For me personally, on the face of it, because we don't know what the football is going to be like, that's the type of guy we need. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. A few things from the press conference, um, Kenny, that I want to talk about as well. I know we kind of spoke, uh, touched on a few things there. Yeah. Um, just before I move on to that, is there anything else from his actual unveiling that you want to bring up? Cause I, it was a kind of low key, uh, low key. Sorry, I feel, there Wasn't much sound bites from it. Um, the, the way I seen it was this is a guy who's going to be in control of the media in terms of he will say what he wants to say, and they can try and put things in his mouth all, all they want, but he he won't allow it. Um, he was asked a question, he gave an answer, and he was asked a similar question, which which asked for a similar answer effectively. And come on. Tournament. I mean, I've already, I've already told you the answer to that. and <laughs> um, it was a good wee bat down, uh, Believer, and- it,
1: believe it or not, Chris, it's exactly what I was going to say. Um, that's the one thing I noticed from Tuesday was it. It was literally just three, four, five minutes after uh, a similar question, and it, it was just a narrowing of the eyes. I don't know if you noticed that. It, 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 very astute, very alert guy. Obviously, uh, a good listener if you know what I mean, because he had made his mind up almost instantly. This is the same question as I've just been asked. So you'll get short shrift. And it was quite an abrupt way of putting it, I thought. But without being offensive, just I've already t- answered this question, basically. Really good to see. Really good to see.
0: Absolutely. So just before we move on to the press conference from today, uh, talking about the Hibs game, uh, a couple of other points. Um, Stefan or Stefan uh, van der Hayden. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his first name, so it's either S-
1: Stefan. Uh,
0: believe it, believe uh, it or not,
1: mate. I think it's Stephen. St- it's, it's just as <laughs> I think it is. I. I think it's literally Stephen. That's what I get for trying to <laughs> be
0: sensitive to somebody's uh, fermentation. pronunciation. Um so Stephen van der Hayden is gonna be uh Clement's assistant. Now this is something I do want to talk about um ever so briefly here. Now this might be me just um hyperbole again, but um this is where I'm concerned. Um the lack of backroom stuff that that Common has uh so far now Um, I always believe that when you're appointing a manager, this is the sort of thing that the manager should be doing before he gets the job, getting his backroom staff together, having conversations with people he knows. And then as soon as he gets offered the job, all those guys then go in with him. Um, It's very rarely do you see a staggered approach in terms of guys coming in the door through a period of time. They're they're all in the door right there um, and ready to go. You you, you, You look at Warburton, uh, he had obviously McParlane, uh, Weir, and he brought another couple of coaches with him, um, and then you go straight to Pedro Kick Senior. He had, uh, I think it was Br- Brito was his assistant, um, and he had another couple of guys. Um, Jim Stewart lost his job when Pedro came in because obviously he brought in a, a Spanish goalkeeping coach. Um, Gerard brought on a complete mafia of guys. Must have been about nine or ten. Uh, Gio, he came in, he arrived with five guys A couple of fitness coaches, technical coach, And obviously Roy McKay and Dave Voss Um, Beal brought in a a full team as well Uh, Beal's full team has now left And it's been replaced by Clamon and van der Hayden Uh, Alex Ray, Stevie Smith, Stephen Davis and Brian Gilmore They're going to be working with the first team um, In the interim as well uh, Alongside Clamon to help them out But I really expected, you know another coach, a technical coach that will help reset pieces, a fitness coach, a strength and conditioning uh, coach, all those kind of stuff that the, 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 the guys in the continent like to use. And the fact that it's only van der Hayden. I'm a wee bit concerned about Kenny, I'm not going to lie. So I don't know if we're changing approach or tact here. Um, some clubs um like to keep a backroom staff, and then if a manager leaves, the backroom staff stays, and the manager comes in and then works for him. You can actually point to Celtic as, as, a, as a club like that, obviously. They've had the same backroom stuff essentially since Ronnie Dyler left. Um just staying on Celtic ever so slightly. Postacoglu likes to just go into a club and work himself and meet new staff and work with a new staff. So it can work. Uh, and, and the reason I bring Celtic up is the fact that they're across the city and we've, we see it working there. So why would it not work with us? But um, because it's not something we've ever done, uh, it's quite alien to us, um, it makes me a wee bit nervous because I fully expected you know, four, five, six guys to be coming in with Clermont, But the fact it's only one... I'm kind of left wondering, hmm, is, this, is this the right approach here?
1: I, don't, I, I understand your concern, actually, because that would be, you know, what you're alluding to there with, with Celtic, they, they've had that backroom staff, as you say, for a number of years. So if a coach comes in or a head coach or a manager comes in, it's just a continuity. We don't have that uh, at all because we've lost two entire management teams or coaching teams in the last year. Um, and that's that's the, the brutal truth of it so those players heads will be all over the place at times you know but I, I, what I will say is that I, I did like what Clement said about it where he, he kind of said that he was going to come in him and uh, his assistant and they were going to look at the coaches and see what they need um, which I, I tend to agree with you in terms of fitness coaches and stuff like that uh, I think the I think that's going to have to be required I think. Uh he also mentioned something about uh medical you know staff being surprised at how hands-on he is with stuff like that. So, you know, the guy looks meticulous. So, I wouldn't be too concerned about what he's doing. He he basically said and I can't remember what I think it might have been on Tuesday um that he did say something about you know, everybody will get a chance and look and see how they are, how they respond to me and whether they're good enough. He mentioned that Stephen Davis, it's a new job for him and he doesn't really know if that's necessarily starting at that level would be a good thing for him uh, or is he kind of hinted at that. So, you know, I think he's fully aware, Chris, that he's going to need uh, additional bodies in. Um but I think he wants to get a feel for the club, a feel for the staff. And there is is there there is a few, you know, there's a fair few coaches behind the scenes there, you, you know. So he might just be looking at it in that sense and saying, look, how good are these guys? What do I need to add to and what who has to go and who has to kind of make way, you know, in this first team, if you know what I mean. And I'm havering a bit, but I hope you know what I, I'm saying Nothing. there.
0: I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, so, just before we move on to the press conference from today, Kenny, there is one other thing that I would like to kind of discuss. I feel it merits a discussion um, because, I'll, I'll, again, I'll, it's of no surprise to me whatsoever. Um, I pretty much kept saying it and kept saying it and kept saying it. And I was told, again, this isn't a kind of all look at me thing, it's just the fact that it's it's so depressingly obvious the route we went down in the summer um in terms of the the transfer dealings and uh that was obviously james bisgrove came out um after the appointment of come spoke to media obviously some rangers media and whatever and uh he essentially admitted uh what i'm saying admitted as if he's done something wrong he essentially came out and said well actually let me just say that he did do something wrong here because um it was absolutely the wrong thing to do but anyway um, he came out and said that the decisions made in the summer were already made uh, months prior um, to to the, the actual deals taking place. Uh, they were made in, condu- in conjunction with many departments and those departments liaised with the manager, Michael Beale, and it also included our former director of football. Didn't mention him, but he's always talked talk about Ross Wilson. So Bisgrove is basically saying that all the transfer dealings from the summer were pre-approved essentially six, seven, eight months before they actually happened, and it all happened with the input of Ross Wilson and other guys, um, uh, with, with other guys helping here and there. Now, I think what Biscoe's meant to do there, it was trying to do there. Sorry, was it was trying to basically say that Bill didn't have all the say; he wasn't running the club, but inadvertently he's actually made it a lot worse because what Bisgrove has said is, "I would took the advice of a director of football who fundamentally
1: was a failure." Yeah, he did. Um, he also seemed quite defensive about Michael Beale, and I don't know if that was the kind of cleverest thing, or the cleverest or smartest way to go. Um, at the end of the day, let's not kid ourselves on. Ross Wilson would have had plenty to say, we understand that, he was a director of football. But Michael Beale got Dessers, he got Lammers, he got Danilo, he got Dijon Sterling, he got Dowell. Um, he get Butland. These are, you know, and that's just six off the top of my head in the summer, out of the, was it eight or nine that was signed, that he directly said that he wanted. So Michael Beale got what he wanted, whether Ross Wilson was there or not, Chris. Um, it, you know, we all know how uh, or how much of a failure Ross Wilson was. It, hindsight is a wonderful thing with Michael Beal. Um, this season has started... Horribly, right. So when your CEO starts to defend uh, feelings, that's a little bit of a worry for me. It's a wee bit of a, an alarm ringing in my head about him, to be honest. And I don't want to sit and be overly critical because he might have just been put in the spot in in terms of the the interview. You know, the the pressure that he was doing, but it didn't come across. So I don't know what you think about. That actually, particularly about Biscroft, but he didn't come across well for me there at all. Quite weak, yeah. No, that's
0: I, 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 I do agree. Uh, I think he was trying to defend himself, uh, and Beal. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, um, he was trying to say I didn't give Bill full say over the football club, um, which means that he didn't actually do that bad a job. Which means I'm not actually stupid. I had people that would advise me as other than Michael Beal, whereas you know, when he's Laying out the reality is he's that an absolute shocker at a transfer window on the word of our ex-director of football who was essentially chased out the door because he was having shocker, shockers of transfer windows. Um, so it's not exactly the, the strongest defence. Um, I think the best way to, to have approached that is be a wee bit cuter uh, and just say, we'll learn from the mistakes. Um, but instead, he's trying to justify them, which is just a bit. Uh it's, it's 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 just not on, is it really?
1: No, it um, isn't actually. Uh, yeah. I I'm a little bit like yourself. I, I kind of shook my head when I heard it. Um, so. Well, the
0: uh, uh of Uh, he he he's he's now whether he likes it or not, he's now under pressure because this simply has to work. Uh, for for um, not only Rangers but for Budgegrove because the Rangers fans will turn their attention to him if this is another failure wheel. We. Yeah. We do not go through managers like this. Um, the he can point to um, he never sacked Geo and um, he never appointed Bill, but certainly what he did do is he sacked Bill and he's appointed Clément. So um, that's two big decisions he's made. Um, I would say that he get the first one right. But let's see if, if this one gets right. Obviously we all hope it does. But um is gonna learn very quickly in this job if he doesn't know already, that we we are quick to question um those who make the decisions in this club. Um, and Let's just hope that he he realizes that, or he's already realized that. Um, but we'll we'll see. Um, interesting times ahead in that. But hopefully we never need to talk about Bisgrove again because Rangers are, are successful in the park because that's kind of how it works, um, fairly or unfairly. Um, so let's go to the, the, the press conference, uh, Kenny. Uh, lots of interesting chat. Um, by Clemon and the, the presser, to be honest. Um very very thin veil digs at a lot of individuals he never mentioned any individual at all but everyone knew who he was talking about Mm -hmm. when when he said certain things first thing that i want to talk about is fitness he said he came in uh, i had a look at it he was asked the question do you know what you want to change and he says yes uh, i can see already why we have so many injuries Sometimes you have to change the intensity. Sometimes you have to train, uh, change the amount of days. Sometimes you have to change the duration of the training. And sometimes you have to change what you're actually doing. And those things will be changed. As a coach's he essentially said, it's a coach's responsibility for the injuries. Um, and this is obviously to your point, Kenny, where he said he gets involved with the medical side of things. He had a 90% selection rate at
1: mm-hmm.
0: all of his clubs um and he wants to put that right so to me kenny um again might just be jumping the gun here but he's saying that yeah the there's things Bill's put in place that he's going to change that should help improve our injury situation now i also took this as a wee bit of a dig to geo as well um whether that is the case or not i'm not sure but if we're obviously just going to speak about what he's inherited he's not inherited anything for geo, he's inherited it from bill so um yeah, that, that was really, really interesting to me because if I, I'll, I'll be equally happy yet raging if our injury situation improves under the stewardship of Clermont because that means that there was mistakes made that shouldn't have been made by unqualified individuals.
1: Well, the, the simple fact is this guy, whether Michael Beal or Gio likes this or not, this guy's won league titles um, in... You know, with two different clubs, he's managed at the top level in France, uh, finished third one year, sixth the next. Uh, By all accounts, did all right at Monaco. Um, Heard them say something about that, uh, that he's got the highest points per game average in about 25 years in Monaco. Uh, That's a statement. Uh, Look, the guy knows what he's talking about. You know, he's he's a manager that's managed in the Champions League. He's a manager, uh, and far better than Gio managed, to to be perfectly blunt. Um, you know, he, this guy is managed at a high, high level. So when he walks in and he sees what he believes is a very good squad of players, which he's already turned around and said, and can turn around and say within, what, three or four days, ha, I know what I need to change here. That Then that is a bold, bold statement. And yeah. Without naming names, he, he didn't miss, did he?
0: No, he didn't, he didn't. Um, which is good, though, because uh-huh. we all knew that this was the kind of shit that was going on. Um, this The next thing that he kind of, he turned his attention to the players, um, and this was really interesting to me. He doesn't want his players to turn back. Um and pass it safe, just to avoid being booed. Be aggressive and make mistakes, because that's the only way you learn. Be brave, be bold. Um, don't take the easy way out. Don't do stupid things like dribbling in your box. Don't play shit lateral passing. <laughs> I like that. I think Mr. Clement is having a wee dig there at Borna Barisic and John Lundstrom.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I, I don't think they're the only ones, I mean... Listen. How often have we sat on here and turned and said, not just on here, everywhere, you know, is saying the same thing. But that this goes into Davis or Suter to Barisic back across over to Tavernier back across, only eventually get it to John Lundstrom who pass- passes it straight back to Conor Coulson to start that shit again. It, it's it, this. This is exactly what. Um, the, the, this is what actually is kind of exciting me about um this appointment and the kind of brutal honesty that Clemon has has came with where if you look back to Gio, Gio knew he had a squad that had just won the league, um probably felt that he was just coming in to t- you know, and it'll just all tick and par over, you know. Uh and Michael Beale was blinded by the fact that he thought these guys would, you know, Jump through hoops or smash through walls for him or something like that, and um, I, the, the 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 situation is so clear um, in in Ibrox about what needs to be changed that for a, a manager to turn around and say this to us, having us having endured this two years that we've that we've watched is just it's like manna from heaven. Honestly, <laughs> you're not playing shit lateral passes is all I need to hear. You know that instantly kind of perked me right up, and I thought, Do you know what, tomorrow will be a good day because they might well want to fall back into that. But you just know this guy's going to be in that touchline, giving them a bollocking, mate. turn around and telling them, get forward. Doesn't matter if you lose it. We all know the structure that, and he mentioned that as well, Chris. That you know, if we are going to lose it, there's a structure where you know you don't get done in the transitions. That will put that in place and. It, it, Honestly, um, from what we've had to listen to over the last few months, Chris, it, it, it's it's encouraging. <laughs> Put it that way.
0: It is because at the end of the day, um, he's essentially saying, I'm not going to go apeshit at you for making a mistake. But no. what, I'm, what I'm not going to tolerate is you being safe because you're too scared to make a mistake. Because uh-huh. that, that is what's been happening at Ibrox. Yeah. They're scared to hear us moan and groan because they don't have the mentality to prove us wrong. Now, it's as simple as that, being a Rangers player. You, for the majority of your time on the pitch, are having to prove the fans wrong. Now, that might sound weird, right? But because we're so demanding, there is an expectation at Rangers and already... When players take to that field, they they, they're up against it because they have to meet that expectation. They have to meet that demand, and by doing that, it's this is I'm trying to think I'm I'm trying to think how to say this here. But the the weird thing is, meeting that demand isn't enough. They have to exceed it, Mm -hmm. and that's where that's where it comes from. They have to prove us wrong. And when you see stuff like Barisic getting to the byline, or there's nobody in front of him, so he'll go back and he will literally he won't pass it back. He'll run back and then pass it back. No, what we're wanting is If there's nobody in front of you Keep fucking running forward Until somebody makes space You, yes. create something um, Lundström, when he's on the ball In front of the two defenders Comfortable I could play that role all day long at Ibrox And he still fails at it Because he, he'll either give the ball away Or give a heavy touch when he, when he receives the ball Then it's a foul and then it's a yellow card Nah, aggressive front foot football Is what we require just to go back to Muscat ever so slightly, that's why I wanted Muscat, because I know he wouldn't he, he just wouldn't tolerate any of this shit. And that's why from today, um, I actually feel really, really positive about Clement. Um, because that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been waiting for him to talk about is this bullshit that we fucking Joe for years now. Well, let's be honest, Gerard couldn't see by it. Jill got a tune at them, obviously he did, but his loyalty to that Seville run, compound with his inability to actually sign a player, cost him his job, so he had to stick by him, and as you say, the most damning thing out of Gio, Gerard, and Beal, was Beal still fucking trusted them, because Beal thought the sun shone out there else. and now we've got a guy in who's got no connection to the club, got no connection to the players, he claims to have watched every single game this season, did I believe that? No, I thought that was a soundbite. Fucking I believe it now because he's hit the nail in the head absolutely spot on. He must have watched every game this season to come away with an assessment like that after only being on the door a week and that is very, very impressive.
1: Look, the simple fact is that to me he's looked at this Rangers team um, he's looked at the league we're in he's looked at who we've got to beat okay, and he's looked at it and he's went this is a possession based team but this is a possession based team for possession's sake. So we'll get that as you say. We'll have two minutes across the back, you know, the across the back four. Borna Barisic will eventually get it. He'll run to the halfway line 40 yards away for the goal, stop dead in his tracks, pass it back into the midfield, who will end up passing it back. It's mundane, non exciting football. This guy's already said, Chris, that he's a you know, be possession based, but with a purpose to score goals. Now, Barisic is the prime example of how not to score goals when you're trying, to, you know, you're trying to play a possession-based game. But he will not take that risk to play, uh, you know, that forward pass towards the, you know, eighteen-yard box or whatever, because he knows there's two op- opposition players there that will do him two on one if he doesn't make the correct pass. Do you know what I mean by that? He just, yeah. So he knows if I if I don't hit that pass perfect to, for talking sake, uh, Desser's feet, then one of them's going to intercept that. The other one's going to go, and I'm two on one, and I'm kind of busted. Um, and that's the risk element that we have not been prepared to take for a long, long time. The only risk element our back four will take in terms of possession is a Conor and 45-yard punt. Long diagonals. That's that's the only gamble that we'll take, and I find that ridiculous in, in the modern game. I genuinely do. Uh, where all good teams, all properly good teams, now I know we're playing at a different level, but all proper teams are risk takers. That they, they, they play with an adventure and, and it's, you know an excitement almost. Uh, but they want to break teams down. They want to take that risk, and if they don't uh, do that and they lose the ball. Watch these teams. They press so quickly. That's what he's talking about as well. We will press with a proper purpose. Um, he's saying all the right things for me, Chris. And you know, I, I'm like you. I, I I couldn't agree more with you. Actually, having you know watched that today, I thought you know this is just music to my ears. This is exactly what we've all wanted to hear from a manager for a long, long time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, aye. It's it's about time these players get found out. Um, they were found out long ago. By the, the the fans anyway, uh, but th- they were clinging on to the their, um, their careers at Rangers because they somehow managed to pull the wool over the eyes of many people, um, which was just ridiculous. Now I'm on record for saying, look, Clement, at the end of the day, he needs to he needs to make do with these players until January, um, and I have absolutely no doubt about it. He'll get a tune out them because that's what they do. They, when they're fighting for their lives, they they produce, um, but. When they start fighting for their lives, it's already too little too late in terms of the league. Um, so I think we will go on a good run. Um, certainly hope we will. Um, but that doesn't mean that things change in January. It doesn't mean we go, right, OK, let's give this player another chance or that player another chance. They've already had the last chance and they've blown it. Um, and if they produce for us, good. But it's still, uh, your time is up. And then in January, we start shifting some of them out and start bringing some more guys in. Um, it simply has to be the way between now and January. Kenny, I don't know how you feel, but I, I'm slightly going to contradict myself a, a wee bit here. I do think we'll go on a good run of results, but I fully expect two, three, four setbacks, as does And um, He's already said it. Um, and I think one of those setbacks will probably be in the league, which means that'll be fatal. The league will be gone. Um, Hopefully, uh, maybe one of the setbacks will be in Europe, but it will not be too costly. I still think we'll get European football after Christmas. Um, And I just hope that one of the setbacks isn't the League Cup. These guys owe us, the fans, they owe us this trophy. Uh, They have... um, I'm not going to buy, I don't buy this push or there's still hard games to come against Hearts and then potentially Hibs and Aberdeen. We've got an easy run to the final, we've got an easy run to, the, to lift in the trophy. We don't have to deal with Celtic, which has been a Achilles sale in these tournaments over the last couple of years. Um, it's the, the trophy should have our name on it. And anything less than that is an utter failure. Um, And I just hope that they can get that over the line and Clement gets to lift the trophy um, in a couple of months' time and it will be a good start to his Rangers career. Um, But in terms of setbacks, Kenny, are you still expecting one or two before January? And the reason I'm obviously referencing January is because that's when Clement can really start to put some sort of identity into the Rangers team in terms of personnel.
1: Um, I I, I genuinely have no idea, Chris. Probably, because we've already proven this season that we... Um, we're well short in certain areas So, yeah um, For me, the, the the major issue With this team at this minute in time Is scoring goals we, We're not scoring enough goals We're not creating enough uh, Proper chances or good chances Or easy chances, whatever you want to call it um, We have to start creating Easy chances for our strikers um, Now, don't get me wrong We've had some easy chances over the piece And, and they still haven't taken them whether that's a lack of confidence or lack of talent, you know, it's a combination perhaps. Um, But for me, we, how would I put this? We need to find that way of getting confidence. uh, He does. He has to find that way of getting confidence into these players, obviously. But I I have a funny feeling, Chris, that when he says that they're all starting with a fresh slate or a clean slate, I think he's right. I think, I, I don't think he's, bullshitting is there at all I think he's going to look at all these players and say I'm going to pick the best 11 and if you don't perform and you don't uh, adhere to the, the the structural you know pattern and the rules that I'm going to put in place about the way we play you're not going to get a game so that wouldn't surprise me at all if you find Three or four of the kind of guys that are on the periphery of the squad, on the edge of that squad, actually end up getting a game, and guys that you would fully expect to get a game find themselves miles out. Um, I think he is that kind of, um, what is the word again, um, he's single-minded kind of guy. I think he's driven, I think he's ambitious, I think he he looks like he he's just not going to take any shit, doesn't he? That's the way he looks. To me, that it's his way, he is the boss and that's it. So, um, will we lose games along the way? Possibly, Chris. But I've just got an excitement, a wee bit like yourself, what you said earlier on, I've got an excitement actually about watching to see how this progresses um, and see where we go with it because I'm, I'm looking forward to it again all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to point out as well that if there is any setbacks between now and January, um I would even go as far as if, in saying if there is any setbacks between now and the end of the season, um we shouldn't hold it against uh, Clermont too much unless there is obvious managerial errors. Um in terms of, you know, we can point to Michael Beal's games against Celtic at Ibrox where he drew 2 each. that was a managerial howler. You can look at uh, Michael Beal's um uh, team selection for the cup final, that's a managerial howler. So for stuff like that Obviously, we can. I would say we could fairly judge Clement there, but on the whole, we know as a fan base what we're dealing with in terms of the players, and we know who's going to be fully responsible for any single bad um, days at the office. Again, it will be the players, and I think we have to just kind of realise that and, and, and give them a, that, that benefit of the doubt, unless there is quite obvious red flags which I, I really don't expect her to be um, he's not a naive guy uh, Michael Beale clearly was um, and I, I really don't expect many managerial howlers from I, don't get me wrong every, every manager has a bad day at the office uh, but I expect them to be very few and far between so it will be interesting to see um, and, I, and I do hope and listen I'm probably the most impatient of Rangers fans um, but I'm I'm certainly going to give them uh, the the time that it requires because we we simply cannot go on like this. We cannot go and change a manager every October. It's just not feasible. Um, at, at the end of the day, what what I'll say about come on is if it's clear as fuck that it's not working, if it is as obvious as a nose in your face that it's not working, I'm talking Paul Le Guin obvious. Don't make the change next October. Make the fucking change in the summer. Now I know that's again a wee bit contradictory for me, but let's just stop writing seasons off by going to October and sacking managers. If this is obvious that it's not going to work, make make the change in the summer to give us a fucking chance as a fan base. Um I'm sick of seasons being written off, but I I think that's a kind of nuclear option. Um i, I did I not expect that to happen. Um and I know that Kennedy the the, the the funny bit about that is obviously me saying I'm going to give him chances, but I'm saying sack him in the, sack him in the summer if it's no working. But
1: um... no, but I do understand what you're saying, Chris, because if it's an unmitigated disaster this season, you 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 you're, you're between a rock and a hard place starting next season, giving the guy well, well, you know that kind of financial backing to build a new team. When the best example
0: for me Kenny was I actually wasn't when it was Pedro Coutinho. He came in uh, in March. Mm-hmm. Literally, by the me, you knew he wasn't the man. Mm-hmm. That performance at, at, at Ibrox against Celtic with the is fight, yep. mm-hmm. you, you knew this guy didn't have a clue. They then actually had a, re- a reprieve. They actually had a chance to sack him before the season even started when he got beat off Progress Niederkorn. And they still didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they done it, the season was over. Um and, and that's I think that's the frustrating thing for the for the Rangers fans. It's not so much changing the manager, um, it's the timing. It always happens when it's too little, too late. And what did we say about Bill? Sack him now after that Celtic game. we went three, four games with um one in a row, and yep. still saying it. Sack him, be proactive because it is coming. It's fucking coming. And then boom, Aberdeen end the season. And you just think to yourself why are we being reactive instead of proactive? And I think that's what the board need to do. But again, th- this is there's a, there's a certain negative narrative to this with, with Clément, which I, I really don't want to get across. But what, what I'm saying is, if the, if the worst comes to the worst, here. And- he does become a disaster then look, there's no shame in actually being proactive yeah, because being reactive is costing us and it's costing the fans pride as well but um, I, as, as I say I'd rather part that conversation because that's something that I hope that we're not talking about, I hope that
1: Well what I would say to counter that a little bit is, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, I think we're a wee bit fortunate to get a guy of this kind of standing now, is he top level manager no of course not, we're not going to get top level managers but he's highly respected um you don't get the monaco job without being highly respected uh at, 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 on the continent chris you do not get that job that's a big job um so we've been a little bit fortunate that he's out of work and he's you know bided his time uh before taking a job i think he's a clever guy i think he's a smart guy and here's the thing that i, I that i was going to say here right I've got a funny feeling he's looked not just at Rangers. I think he's had a proper look at us. He's had a look at our league. He'll be fully aware that um, the majority of our games are against a low block. I had no idea until recently, but the low block is a big thing in France, which I did not know that uh, he's used to playing against a low block, Chris. And we all respect to the Scottish Premier League in comparison to the French league, and I know we're maybe not quite the same talented, uh, you know, amount of talent in, in our books as Monaco do, but he probably look look at us and say they've got enough about them to break that shit down. Yeah. Which do you know what I mean? That he's yeah. looking at us and saying I can get a tune out of them. So I'm quite confident that we will improve drastically. I totally agree with you. I think you'll get slip ups along the way. I think it's natural, um, particularly my new manager. Try to you know impose his style on on things, but the most important thing for me, Chris, is that he's he's probably looked at the whole picture, and I don't want to sit and talk about them. But I've got a funny feeling that he looks at them and says, "I can get the better of them mm. over the course of the season." I don't think he's coming here at all from where he where he's coming from, if you like, and thinking that he can't win this league. Do you know what I mean by that?
0: Yeah, and and I suppose that's where the patience needs to come in. If 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 we see enough that he's not a complete duddy, um, we just have to be patient. Um, I, again, I have went to the kind of nuclear option there. And in, in, in terms of if he has an unmitigate, an unmitigated disaster, yeah, we probably do need to be a wee bit more proactive. But I I just don't expect that to be the case at all. Um, and as as a fan base, if we see enough to see that this guy knows what he's doing he just doesn't have the personnel to. To do it as of yet, we we do have to show a certain level of of patience, um, and it will be interesting to see how that develops. Um, because at the end of the day, that this this that one really does need to work, because it has been getting a bit getting a bit of a joke now. To be honest with you, the 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 number of managers that we're going through, um, and it looks like we have landed on a, a good one. We haven't even kicked a ball yet, so that that's that's pretty positive because I don't remember his ever being this positive yeah, Chris, up, what hope? was his
1: what was his four pillars that he talked about the most technical best technically the best physically what were the other two
0: uh, I know what you're talking about but I, I, I wish I'd run it down now uh, I, I
1: I, I'm the same I, I, I actually know what it is like, words are escape me um, I like the sound of that and that's where I thought instantly um, there was and it's not being disrespectful but I just think that he believes we should be the best team in that league. Yeah. That's where I would say that if, as long as we can see progress this season, the guy needs this season and next season and a little bit more patience than uh, we're going to. To be fair, Michael Beale got nearly a year, and Gio got a year. Um, you know, if you can see things happening, Chris. You know, the the, the crowd. You know, the the I, Ibrox isn't going ape shit if you can see things happening. Do you know what I mean? It's only when we know this is utterly fucked, so get him out, Um, that that happens, Chris. And I don't see this happening with this guy, and I could be totally wrong because we don't know, but I've just got that feeling myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we've got uh, Hibs at Ibrox tomorrow, um, 3 o'clock kick-off. It's it's, it's a pretty difficult one to try and um, analyse in a way. Uh, we've obviously got a new manager. Hibs have got a new manager, Nick Montgomery. Uh, he's got off to a decent start, all, all, all things told. Um, he's getting a bit of a tune out of them. He's pretty much in the same boat, albeit uh, with, with less finances, as has come on in, in terms of he to be to January to get his, um, his own kind of stamp on the team. There will be players that play for Hibbs at the moment that, that probably won't be there in January, and especially come next summer. Um, it uh, hibs the in, in terms of the league, they've been kind of up and down. Um, so traditionally, at Ibrox, um, new managers um start, uh, start well. Um, I think Gerard, Geo, and bill yeah. the first games as Rangers manager came at Ibrox. Uh, Gerard against Scoopy, um, Geo against Sparta. Um, and be against Hibs, ironically. Um, so, look, it just has to be, we just need to hope that that trend continues. Um, we get the three points. Don't overanalyse it too much, because as, as Clement said, we will see some differences, but um, we won't see all differences, because it's far too early. And um, When bad things happen, that's fine, as long as we learn from it. And we're not really going to get a full picture of on as Rangers manager for a good couple of months, I would say.
1: No, I think you're probably right. Um look, Hibs have started under this new guy pretty well. I know they've changed their system, haven't they? They've went for a four three three to more of a kind of four four two where a couple know, play with two wingers and stuff. Um <coughs> excuse me, the um the, the, the issue that that we've you know, we have with Hibbs is that they're, they're decent going forward and, you know, they they can cause any team, you know, problems going forward, but they're absolutely rank rotten at the back. So if we can attack them um, and, and do the job properly tomorrow, uh, I've got no doubt that we'll get the three points tomorrow. Um, but it will be an interesting one because it is, as you say, two, literally almost two brand new managers. I think he's only played four games, um, this new guy over at Hibs. Um one two drawn two, um, and apparently I I, by all, I didn't see the the Edinburgh derby, but by all accounts uh, Naismith went very very defensive in the last half hour of that game, and that's why they dropped to the two points. I thought I think Hearts were uh, very much on top. Well, um, I I just I just think that we go there with a bit of excitement tomorrow and go and have a right go at them because they they aren't good at the back at all. Hibs at this minute in time they really aren't. But they can't cause you bother up front, Chris.
0: Uh, Coleman said that um, Todd Cantwell is available for selection tomorrow, but he won't play 90 minutes. Um, He said that Danilo is available only because we need him, because we've got nobody else, essentially. Um, But he won't play 90 minutes either. Uh, Kamal Roof, surprise, surprise, he won't feature at all. Tom Lawrence, sad to say it, but surprise, surprise, he won't feature at all. But the rest are pretty much there or thereabouts. Uh, the, the returning guys in terms of uh, Ryan Jack, uh, Todd Cantwell um, and Danilo will be available, but they won't play in 90 minutes. So um, he's coming into the squad in a fairly decent place.
1: Yeah, but those attacking players out are a bit of, a, a bit of an issue. Um, just purely on the fact that, I've got two Indessers and Lammers that I've got no confidence whatsoever. Um, I, I don't know, did you did you hear him say that Kamar was out? Because I thought he said that Kamar wouldn't play 90. Um, Possibly. Kumar,
0: I'm just conditioned, Kenny. I, I'm, <laughs> I thought he said he was out, but that wouldn't surprise me. It,
1: it, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure myself, but I, I thought he'd said that Kamar couldn't play 90. Right. Um, and you're like, well, Come on. This is you know, it's the same it's the same story over and over again, isn't it? And you don't want to be sitting there being too negative about certain individuals, but can we change that up a little bit?
0: Aye, aye. Enough's enough in that regard. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see his team selection tomorrow. Um, I don't think there'll be many radical changes, um, but it, it, will, it will certainly be, be interesting to see how, how he approaches it. Um, all that's kind of left to do is obviously our sponsor, Pi Sports. Um, Pi of the Week will be back next week. So get your your um, nominations in for that, because obviously we will be back to uh, review this game and we will be back to preview the Sparta-Prague game, which will be on the Thursday. And then after the Sparta-Prague game, we'll be reviewing that and then previewing the, the Hearts game um following uh, weekend. So quite a busy week. Hibs, Sparta-Prague, and hearts, Hibs and Hearts at home and Sparta Prague away. Um a a fairly decent start there for Clermont, not too difficult. Um I know Hibs and Hearts are the kind of better sides in this league, but to get them at Ibrox is a pretty good start. I would much rather them at Ibrox than Easter Road and so that's for sure. Um so as I say um, Pie of the Week will be back uh, next week, so get your nominations in then, um, and go to piesports.com. Uh they deliver nationwide, which is the whole of the UK, except Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland at the moment. Um they only do kind of mainland Britain, which is obviously Wales, England and Scotland. Um and if you put sat at free, that's SAT, capital letters, SAT, the at symbol, and then the number three, you'll get ten percent off any orders that you pick. Um the guys do really, really quick tasty pies there. Um, so please k- keep supporting us uh, by using the code SATATFREE for 10% off. And of course, the pie of the week, um, if you then win, because you if, if you win the pie of the week, you then go into the draw for pie of the month. And if you win pie of the month, you get a free slab of pies on us. Well, on Saturday free, but via us. Um, so please support us there at piesports.com. And um, obviously social media. If you could like, subscribe, or follow us on any of our social media platforms—Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, um, TikTok—we're also um, you get us in all good podcast providers, which is obviously Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Um, leave us a review. Leave us ten uh, five stars. Well, leave us ten stars if you can, but um, uh, five stars is, is generally the, the the maximum you can go to there. Um, so if you could obviously follow, like, subscribe, and leave us a review and rate us five stars on any of the kind of. Um, podcast providers and social media platforms, that would be absolutely appreciated because without your support we don't go um, this far really, um, which is, I think we've been going now for almost a year or maybe just over a year, um, which is pretty good going. Um, and finally Kenny, thanks to you mate um, it's good to talk about Rangers and no be angry about it
1: <laughs> That's very true I, I've enjoyed that Chris, that's been a good one, good
0: one, absolutely. enjoyed it And as I say Join us next week where we'll obviously be um, preview, uh, previewing this game and reviewing the Sparta Prague game in the Europa League. Um, so join us in and let's hope for a win on Saturday. Thanks very much.